Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's your lucky day today because today's sermon involves your participation. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to make you get up and go anywhere. I'm not even going to ask you to talk to the person next to you. The only place that you have to go is deep into your own memory. Because what I want you to do is try to remember the best gift you were ever given. I don't care if it came in a package with a great big bow on it or if it's something less tangible. But try to conjure that up in your mind. I'll give you a couple seconds. It's kind of fun to watch you because some of you have a totally blank look on your face and some of you just are smiling because you're remembering something really special. But this week, I had the opportunity to ask the people that walked in and out of my life that question and their answers were absolutely magical. Some of them brought me to tears. I had the chance to hear about dandelions picked by little fingers and presented, about hugs from grandchildren, about the gift of giving birth after suffering through miscarriages. I got to hear about holding loved ones who had been gone far too long. I got to hear about the gift of jewelry given by a sister-in-law, about a high school senior who received a typewriter as a special gift, some tickets to a special show, a sewing machine passed from mother to daughter. Of all the things I heard about, I discovered at the end that there was one thing they all had in common. At first it surprised me, but in hindsight it probably shouldn't have. Because the one thing they all had in common is they all had to do with relationships. And probably the most poignant one for me was the story of how a woman opened up a little box and inside there was a backspace key from an antique typewriter. It was a gift from an old friend. Years ago, they had had a falling out and hadn't connected with each other. And this was her gesture saying, I want what we had back. You're too valuable to me to let this friendship fall apart. Every one of those gifts was received with incredible joy and incredible gratitude. Most of them didn't cost much at all but all of them cemented a relationship together. And when I think about these children, or these parents bringing these children to come and see Jesus, I think that's the gift that they wanted to give their children, a relationship with this man. This man who had gone around the countryside preaching, this man who had gone around healing people. There were stories of how he'd gone up on a mountain and his clothes became dazzling white how he was named as the Son of God. And it seemed like everybody who came in contact with him could see the compassion and love in his eyes. And who wouldn't want to give that gift to their children? And so they had their children and they were jostling to try to get close to him like everybody else in the crowd when the disciples stopped them. These were just children after all. They're insignificant in the great scheme of things. Jesus is a busy man. He does not have time for them. And I think sometimes we have those same kinds of prejudices that we see in one another. Some people have more value than others. Some people are worth more than others. It's part of what is going on in the world today. But Jesus would have none of it. 
Jesus saw the value in these children. He saw that they have an ability that many of us as adults need to relearn. What those kids could do is accept a gift joyfully and gratefully, a gift of love, without feeling like they had to pay anything back. Isn't it true that as adults, when we think about this giving and taking, about receiving gifts and giving them, that so often we get stuck in a sense of obligation? That part of what we do when we're trying to decide whether to buy a Christmas gift for somebody is think about whether we think they're going to get one for us? In fact, this last couple of weeks, I had an interesting experience. I was shopping, and I went by the school supply area. And anybody who knows me knows that I love school supplies, pens, papers, any of that stuff. And so I couldn't resist. I went down the aisle, and I found this pack of really awesome colored gel pens. And I had to have it, so I stuck them in my cart. But as I was dropping them in my cart, I couldn't help but think, about two of my friends who share my passion for stationary items. And so I grabbed two more packs of pens and threw them in, knowing that I would give them each a gift. And later that day, I was at one of my friend's houses, and I pulled that pack of pens out of my purse and handed it to her, and I swear she had a little squeal. She was so excited. <gasps> Thank you, I love pens, she said. You really know me. And it kind of helped bond us together a $2.49 pack of pens. But I had a completely different experience the next day. When I saw the other friend, we had a meeting together, and when everybody else had left the meeting, I pulled out the other pack of pens and handed them to her. And she looked at me kind of crossways, and she said, what, what are these for? You shouldn't have bought anything for me. And I was kind of taken aback and confused. I realized afterwards that she probably felt awkward because she didn't have a gift for me. We weren't even. All I had wanted to do was share my joy, to let her know I had been thinking of her. And it just turned awkward. The truth is that this gift had become kind of a burden for both of us. But what about Jesus? When these children were being brought to him and the disciples turned them away, he didn't let it become awkward. He simply became indignant and he said, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. It is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a small child will never enter it. And Jesus took them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. You see, I may have not known what to do. I may have been uncomfortable in that situation, but not Jesus. Because when Jesus decides to give a gift for, to you, he gives it. And that day, he delivered to the children a gift of love and a gift of relationship, and nothing was going to stop him. And the kids, well, they just soaked it in. They allowed themselves to be loved. All they did was to receive it. And you know, that's all any of us can do when it comes to the kingdom of God. We can't earn it, we can't buy it, we can't pay it back. All we can do is innocently receive the gift, trust in it, believe that it's truly meant for us, and be blessed by it. And I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth.
Now, in my mind, when I hear the word meek, I often think of a child hiding behind their parents' legs, fearful of that big, scary world that is on the other side of mom or dad, with absolutely no courage at all. But if you look at the Greek word that is translated meek, it could just as easily be translated as humble. And someone who is truly humble, someone who has actual meekness, That comes from knowing who we are, named and claimed children of God, and who God is, the one who gives and gives and gives. We know our roles in this relationship. We know that God is God, creator, sustainer, savior of all. And because God is God, we don't have to be. We don't have to worry about being powerful. We don't have to worry about our strength or being good enough. Instead, we can just enjoy the gift that God insisted on passing on to us. Yep, blessed are the meek, for they are able to receive. But what do they receive? Well, it's an inheritance. And I don't know a lot about inheritances, but there are a few things I know. The first is that someone has to die to get it. And the second is that you don't get to pick whether you get it or got, get it or not. It is bequeathed to you. And we were all named in Christ's last will and testament. On the night in which he was betrayed, he bequeathed love and forgiveness and salvation to all of us. He said it was for you. And so it is. Like all of those gifts that you thought of at the beginning of our time together, this is another gift that is based on relationship. And like all of those gifts, we are changed by them. The woman who received a typewriter when she was a high school senior received a great gift. It built a relationship with her mother because they had all kinds of contests to see who could type the most quickly and the most accurately. But you know what? She also grew up to be a writer. She's an amazing writer. And the one who received the jewelry from a sister-in-law during a really stressful time in her life Well, on that necklace, there was a charm in the shape of an anchor, and it said, Calm seas never make a great sailor. When she opened that box, she realized that her sister-in-law had noticed the stress she was under, that she had cared and that she had reached out this way. And she engaged in conversation with her that eventually empowered her to change her career to something that was life-giving instead of something that sapped all of her energy. And the woman who said that hugs from her grandson were the best gift she ever had, well, one of her grandsons is seven years old, and he spends almost as much time in the hospital as out of it. She told me how last week she was holding him on her lap and preparing him for the next hospital stay. She wanted to help him feel comfortable, to let him know what he could expect, but that's not what he wanted to talk about. He wanted to talk about his little brother that would be staying with her while mom and dad took him far off to the hospital. He said, Grammy, you'll take good care of my brother, won't you? For he was so confident in the love that he had gotten, in the care that he receives, 
and a God who promised to care for him forever, that he didn't have to worry about himself. Instead, he could be concerned about his brother. He was changed by that love. And you better believe it when she heard those words. Grandma was changed by it too. And in the same way, this gift from Christ comes to you today. It's a gift of relationship because he names you as his own. It's a gift of forgiveness. Forgiving you for thinking that you can or you should earn it or be able to pay it back. And it's a gift that when received in trust, changes you completely. From someone who thinks they only get what they actually deserve to someone who is humbly and meekly pulled up on Jesus' lap and blessed by him. Blessed to be a blessing to a world that desperately needs it. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds always in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.